0: You are a Locked On Braves Postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day.
1: And hello and welcome into the Braves Postcast, part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley, Jake Mastriani with you after a very profitable game for the Braves. They pick up a series one in Pittsburgh behind Max Freed and some timely offense. And they pick up a game in the standings as well as the Mets lost to the Yankees, which means the National League East is now separated by just two little games. And the Braves will continue their assault on the New York Mets and try to take over the top spot in the division as we come down the stretch here. But as for this night, it was a good one. Braves six, Pirates one, Max Freed was sharp. The offense came to life. And just like that, Atlanta had its first series victory in Pittsburgh in quite some time we'll tell you all about that but before we do I want to remind you to subscribe here on youtube to the all-new locked on sports atlanta make sure you've got those alerts enabled and make sure you're subscribed to locked on braves wherever you get your podcast well jake there's a, a term that i like to use when it comes to max Freed doing the things that he does so well and that term and that nickname is maximum Freed. and i feel like we got some maximum Freed on this night at pnc park
0: Yeah, it feels like I say this every time he goes out, but he does exactly what you want your ace to do, whether it's going out and ending a losing streak, getting a big win, or just dominating, overpowering a lineup that you should for an easy, stress-free win and saving the bullpen like he did on Tuesday night. He just goes out there and gives you exactly what you need your ace to do.
1: Yep, he did that yet again. Eight innings on this night, so his longest appearance of the year and an outing in which, you know, like you said, the Braves, they need their ace to do ace-type things, and that's precisely what Max Freed, that's the script he was reading from and what he was able to do for Atlanta on the mound. Meanwhile, the offense, as I mentioned, it came to life to back him up. So let's talk about it. Game number 125 of the year for the Braves. Game two of this three-game set in Pittsburgh. Atlanta now 77-48, and 48. six runs, 10 hits, no errors, four men left on base. Pirates dropped to 47-76, and 76. a run on just three hits no errors, and three men left to board. Max Fried the winner, now 12-4. and four. JT Brubaker, the loser, and he had to be kind of shaking his head in how quickly this game turned around on him. 3-11 and 11 now in the year, no save in a game that lasted just two hours and 15 minutes, and a crowd of 13,367 paid to see it, and they got to see, as I mentioned, a premium pitching performance from Max Freed, and eight innings of three-hit ball, he allowed one home run, is the only run he allowed, was on a solo shot, only one walk and seven strikeouts for him, and pitching eight solid innings, Jake. I mean, this is the kind of performance that Max Fried has been known for and the kind of performance the Braves are going to need from him every fifth day down the stretch here, regardless of the lineup he's facing. And it doesn't seem like it's mattered what lineup he's facing lately.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, this, this was a great performance by a great pitcher, somebody who I think should be in the NL Cy young discussion, mm-hmm. but I mean, he, he retired 20 of the first 21 batters he faced. Like I said, I mean, I know it's not easy, but he went out there and just made it look easy. You know, you almost had to take a step back when he gave up the home run to Chavis, you know, where did that come from in all of this, but really just kind of cruised through this lineup was hoping he would get that complete game. Braves still don't, have one this year, but he definitely kind of tired out in that eighth inning a little bit, you know, walked the leadoff batter on four pitches. But through those first six plus innings, I mean, he had no hit, perfect game type stuff, getting that weak contact like he always does, you know, an 84.3 mile per hour average exit velocity against uh, 14 swings and misses and 14 called strikes, just very efficient, getting ahead in the zone, being that dominant pitcher that we know he is.
1: Yeah, he certainly was. He allowed that solo home run to Michael Chavis in the second inning. And I don't want to say that it's as dramatic, obviously, as getting your ankle stepped on in game six of the World Series. But Travis knows said after the game, every time Max gets mad about something, it usually means really bad things for the team that he's going to be facing because he is an intense competitor out there on the mound. And I feel like making a mistake on a pitch and, realizing that, hey, that kind of ruined what could have been maybe an otherwise great night for him in terms of, you know, the perfection, shutout, no-hitter, whatever you want to look at it. You know, if that's what he's striving for every fifth day, then I think the Braves are in pretty good hands uh, with the left arm of Max Freed on those days. Darno also mentioned after the game, talking to Kelly Kroll on Valley Sports, that uh, Max Freed's bullpen was not necessarily very promising. It didn't seem like he had his A stuff. It did not seem like it was going to be one of those dialed in, super sharp, you know, just razor sharp kind of nights for him. But he was able to give the Braves eight strong innings. And the offense, including Travis Darnot, came to life. I mentioned that JT Brubaker's night turned around in a very crazy and very quick way. This guy threw 20 pitches in the fifth inning. Doesn't sound like he labored too hard. The Braves batted around and scored five times with the first six men in the inning, picking up a base hit. Jake, as far as quirky, weird, statistical anomalies, I would say batting around on 20 pitches and taking a nice big lead is something I have not seen very often.
0: Yeah. I tweeted it out. Only the Braves can bat around score five runs and make the opposing pitcher only throw 20 pitches, but (laughs) that's their style. I mean, they're going to be aggressive early in the counts and hunt pitches and, when it works as it did in that fifth inning, then that's when you see the Braves pile up big numbers. But four, four pit or four, one pitch at bats in that inning certainly helps benefit that and a couple of two pitch at bats as well. But either way, they come through, get it done. And like you said, it happened in the blink of an eye. And that's what this offense can do to you. And look, didn't have a lot of opportunities in this game, didn't have a lot of opportunities in Monday's game. But when they had those opportunities, they came through on this night. And that's all, you know, at the end of the day, that. Really matters. Four for seven with runners in scoring position. Sounds great. But again, a lot of that work came in one inning. So again, you know, this is kind of what that Braves offense does. They can be kind of just slowly going along and then all of a sudden, you know, burst with a big crooked number. That's what we've seen a lot from this team.
1: Yeah, I think the old wrestling term is quicker than a hiccup. That's exactly how that fifth inning went for J.T. Brubaker, and he probably wasn't even on the mound for altogether that long, maybe five, six, seven minutes. I wasn't running a stopwatch, but if you've only thrown 20 pitches, you're kind of wondering what exactly is going on because just about the time you get it back and throw it again, somebody was putting the ball in play. And on this day, the Braves offense put the ball in play quite a bit in that fifth inning and piling up those runs. And it was a great performance by them. We'll talk a little bit more about the Braves offense, but before we do, I want to remind you that coffee AM is the official sponsor of the Braves postcast. Coffee AM is an Atlanta based small batch coffee roaster. If you go to coffeeam.com slash locked on today, you can take a full look at their full menu of coffees, teas and gift sets. That's coffeeam.com slash locked on. Make sure you use the coupon code locked on for 15% off your order Coffee AM, the best small batch coffee roaster in America. As far as the Braves batches of runs in this game, that 5-run fifth you mentioned, I mean the home run by Travis Darno is what got it started. That tied this game up. Then just a whole bunch of early in the at-bat hits for this Braves club. And in this game, you know, as, as far as big top performers or the things that jump out in the box score, How about Vaughn Grissom? Three more hits in this one. That's a career high. Knocked in a run, scored a run. That's 14 runs and 14 games for him. And oh, by the way, he's hitting well over 400 now, Jake. And this sample size is growing larger by the day. This Vaughn Grissom kid is the real deal.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, like you said, 14 games in now. So over a couple of weeks with Vaughn Grissom and he hasn't really slowed down yet. And I don't want to look too far ahead, but nobody has ever had three rookies win rookie of the month in three consecutive months. People have done it with three different players throughout a year, and Bon Grissom does it this month, and he's certainly on his way, although he has some stiff competition within his own team. Braves will be the first team to ever do it in consecutive months with three different players. So look what he's doing right now. I mean, it's just really incredible. He's having fun. I mean, he's playing loose a lot of energy as he and Michael Harris both are. It seems like When Grissom came up, it kind of elevated the play of Michael Harris as well, who's having a good month. So I think those two just having a lot of fun. And I just love the at-bats from Grissom. I mean, he can battle there with you. He was tied for the longest at-bat in that fifth inning for five pitches, just showing you how quick a lot of those at-bats were. But, uh, I mean, I love everything that you see from him coming up. You know, he played second base before, but obviously, you know, a pretty new position for him. And I thought he's played pretty solid over there. As well. So you can't say enough good things about what he's done for this team since coming up.
1: Yeah. And let's just put him up there with Michael Harris in terms of pivotal times this year that the Braves have needed a little bit of consistency or a little bit of a jolt as far as the offense is concerned. Michael Harris gave it to him in the early part of June as he hit the ground running after his call up in late May. And now Von Grissom, the Braves had just lost four out of five to the Mets up at City Field not too long ago. And Von Grissom came up a couple of days later and hit the ground running that big home run at Fenway Park and has been locking down second base and will be until Ozzie Albies gets back. The good news is Ozzie Albies has traveled with the team. He continues to ramp up his baseball activities, but until he goes out on that rehab assignment, you don't know exactly when he's going to get back. But this is the best possible problem that the Braves can have is how do we get at bats for all of the guys that we need to? And with Ozzie Albies back, that upgrades your defense on the infield. Maybe Vaughn Grissom still gets a handful of starts here or there. You could DH Ozzie Albies. You could DH Vaughn Grissom as well. You could also give Dansby Swanson a day at shortstop if you needed to, though down the stretch, I don't know that there'll be too much of that. And the same thing goes at third base. So Grissom's versatility, I think is going to help out. I don't know what his long-term position with the club is, but I can tell you this, he is a building block for this team, and he appears to be here to stay. And hopefully for the Braves, he'll be part of this young core that Atlanta has built, continuing to do the things that it's done together over the last few years, moving into the future. Vaughn Grissom is that kind of talent. So With that aside, as we look inside that fifth inning, it was a Travis Darno home run that got things started. Grissom's RBI single. Robbie Grossman had an RBI single. Dansby Swanson grounded into a force out. A run was scored there as the Pirates were not able to turn a double play. That was a little bit of a mess of a play. And then Austin Riley delivered a sacrifice fly to uh, wrap up that inning and, and a single to knock in another run in the seventh inning. And that is how the Braves scored their six runs, five of them coming in that fifth inning. Travis Darno and William Contreras, meanwhile, we've talked about these guys time and again, and for good reason. The Braves have the best catching duo, offensively speaking, in all of baseball. These two guys have hit 27 home runs combined, and Braves catchers, I had to look this up, they lead Major League Baseball in RBI at that position, uh, 17.7 at-bats per home runs, and leading in home runs, you'd think so, 838 OPS, and also 125 hits. That is tied for the most by the catching position for any of the 30 clubs in baseball, Jake, when you start to extrapolate the stats, you know, it doesn't matter which guy's behind the plate, you're expecting to get an offensive jolt. But when you look at reasons for the Braves' success here in 2022, the production of their catchers at the plate and behind the plate has been critical to that success.
0: Yeah. And look, really, William Contreras to me is just a big surprise here. You came into the year thinking Travis Darno, Manny Pena being that veteran backup mm-hmm. catcher that probably wasn't going to give you much offensively, but we've known the bats been there for William Contreras. It's all about, could he stick defensively behind the plate? And we've talked about it. I think he's done a great job, really both catchers doing a great job behind the plate, but I think that's allowed both of them to be fresh because they're getting those days off behind the plate. I think that plays a big role in how effective they've been offensively. And, Last year, Travis Darno was banged up for a lot of the season. I think that kind of held him back with the bat a little bit. We're seeing him healthy this year, Mm -hmm. and again with that added rest that Contreras is able to give him, I think that's why you're seeing that the two catchers, you know, go back and forth. Both of them obviously hit some little cold spells, as all players do. But for the most part, yeah, I mean, they when they're in the lineup, you're expecting them to come through with a hit or two each and every night.
1: Yeah, I talked to Travis Darno about that, about how long it took him to get that thumb healthy, and he said, "Look." I just had to kind of grin and bear it through the postseason after I came back last year and the time that he got in the winter. And obviously, as you just mentioned, the load, uh, the balance of the workload that they're able to, to maintain by having William Contreras step in there and do the things he's done has just been one of the big reasons why the Braves are where they are and where they are is chasing down the New York Mets in the national league East. I mentioned this at the top of the show, but let's go ahead and look at how close this race has gotten. Just two games separate the Braves and the Mets. Now as the Yankees were able to hang on to a rather exciting 4-2 win. They had the they had two outs and nobody on in the top of the ninth inning, looking to close things out at Yankee Stadium. And then four consecutive Mets were down to their last strike, and Francisco Lindor flew out with the bases loaded. Ho-hum, a 4-2 Yankees win, and they sweep that Subway series. The Braves, meanwhile, in beating the Pirates, were able to help themselves out. So now just two games uh, separating these two teams. And, Jake, we've talked about this, and I mentioned Brandon Nimmo's comments after the Braves took three out of four from the Mets In the series at Truist Park over the recent homestand, the Mets have got to treat every player, or excuse me, every team that they play like the Atlanta Braves. Meanwhile, the Braves have got to treat every team that they're playing like the New York Mets.
0: Yeah, look, and the Mets schedule gets very easy from here on out. This is their last real tough stretch that they had. So, you know, Braves aren't going to get much help, so you'll take it when you get it from a Yankees team that was struggling coming into this. But every game's crucial down the stretch here. But the Braves have you know, they dug themselves a big hole, but here they are just two games back with a month and a half to go. And they have three head to head games left with the Mets. So, you know, you do the math there, you sweep that series with where it is now. And obviously you got a chance to win the division, but a lot to happen before that. But, you know, just for the Braves to even be in this position just speaks to how how great they've played really since the beginning of June. But yeah, you're right. That's why I think some fans get frustrated with the bullpen usage in some of these close tied games because you really need to treat every game like a postseason game and go for it because that's what it's going to take if the Braves are going to overtake the Mets here.
1: Yeah, you do need to treat them, obviously, as, as important games, although it's hard to manage the bullpen the way the Braves did in the postseason last year over the course of 40, 50 or more games down the stretch, but every single game is of the utmost importance, and I'm sure as we go down the stretch, a lot of them might start to look a little bit different in terms of bullpen management, lineup construction, You know what starters are lined up to start where and how the Braves can find every single advantage they can in moving forward. But this is the marathon part of the season. You get into the playoffs, it's a little bit more of a sprint. It's series to series, and you just make it happen, survive and advance, as they say. But the Braves do have an ample amount of time to continue winning baseball games. And the way that they can do that is concentrating on each and every team, trying to win that game, win that series, and move on to the next one And I think Brian Snitker has done a nice job of having his club maintain that mindset throughout 2022. And, of course, in the years that have preceded it on their run in the National League East and, of course, all the way to the World Series title that they held above their heads with the big commissioner's trophy, that beautiful piece of metal in Mm -hmm. Houston last November. Uh, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnMLB. That is LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnMLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, the terms and conditions the you are looking for on Wednesday is a series sweep. It will be their first at PNC Park since 2018. This is already their first series victory at PNC Park since the 2018 club, and it really goes back to being only their second, dating back all the way to 2015. They'll be putting Kyle Wright on the mound in Game 3. He's 15-5, and five. Mitch Keller 4-9, and nine for the Pirates, 12.35 p.m. Eastern time, the first pitch at PSC Park. And the message is pretty simple for Kyle Wright, and he seems to have gotten it right more times than not this year, and that is just go out there, pitch well enough, and try to win another ballgame for this club. And he's the National League's winningest pitcher.
0: Yeah, and for the Braves, you know, try to get rid of the stigma of losing – series finales, especially in day games, which they've struggled with this year for whatever reason. But yeah, Kyle Wright looked really good his last timeout. would like to see him back that up with another good start again against an offense that you hope your starters can have some success against. would love to see, you know, while I love the big innings that the Braves have Mm -hmm. and the five-run inning they hit, would love to see them have more consistent at-bats throughout the game beginning to end. Really haven't seen that over the last three or four games, but However they want to get it done, as long as it ends in a win, I'm okay with that,
1: Grant. I think they'll be okay with that as well. Braves go for the sweep on Wednesday afternoon, 12.35 p.m. Eastern time. The first pitch of PNC Park, Kyle Wright and Mitch Keller, as the Braves and Pirates will square off for the final time in this series. Thanks, as always, for joining us on the Braves Postcast, part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, the Braves behind Max Fried and some timely offense beat the Pirates 6-1 to to win the series and move to two games back in the NL East. We will come your way on Wednesday following Game 3 of this series. And until then...